0: This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike.
1: Time Out with Shore Sports. This is literally a timeout today, Mark <laughs> Potter, Mike Bradley, and uh, in a little while, we'll be joined by Coach Jake Coleman from Stephen Decatur High School. And we are, uh, where the hell are we, Mike?
0: <laughs> well, we're right on Assateague Island in the Isle of Wright Bay on a pontoon. And this might be the coolest interview that we're about to do. Because of the location, we've got a really good guest, and this doesn't get any better. And with all due respect, this beats the studios yeah. that we sometimes do our podcast from. <laughs>
1: uh, abs- absolutely, and uh, we are we're in the uh, Isle Right Bay, uh, real close to the banks of one of my favorite campgrounds, Castaways. There we're you close go, close to Sunset Marina. Yep, and uh, we are a part of Assateague Island. And you'll around. probably
0: hear some of the sound of you know sound yeah. of the background,
1: uh, like some jet skis rolling by really? right now. Little the jealous. water, the birds. Yeah, yeah, I mean this is. This yeah. is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen, before we get into this week's, let's talk real quick okay. about last week, uh, having Coach Betts and the two cams on with us. And a- as we get closer to the school year, we'll talk to more students and more student athletes uh, as well. But just hearing those girls talk about, you know, what it is that made them the champions that they were, and what they're looking forward to in the future, I, I think. High school sports, we've always said, and when we've talked to coaches before, especially on our Friday nights and overtime live, it's more than just about winning. And Coach Sofanowski said in week one, it's about, you know, making men. And and if you're, you know, playing a female sport, that it's it's becoming a woman and, and learning how to win, learning how to lose, and, and how to deal with adversity in our lives because – everything's not going to come up a bed of roses.
0: And I think, too, the first day you walk into high school as a freshman and the last day you leave as a senior, that's a huge growth moment in your life. That's that's the first time where you really start slowly but surely to become an adult. That's that first step there. Yeah, you've got college, but that's the, really the foundation. And so there's a lot to be gleaned from four years of high school.
1: And you're just hoping not to get stuffed in a locker as a
0: freshman. <laughs> by that's a senior. true. But I tell you what, you speak of sports, though playing football and being in the locker room with the JV players, but the varsity players as well, who get to know you when you're there for summer practice. When you walk the halls, they know you're a football player. They're not picking on you. They know that you put in the time and the effort like they had to do. So as a freshman – you have just a little bit of cachet walking through the halls a little bit. So compared yeah. to those who are walking the halls for the first time, you've already been on campus for about a month. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I can honestly say I have no idea where this week's interview is going to go. It's going to be fun. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> we're on a pontoon boat, yeah. banked on the. Uh, you know, we we've seen Coach Coleman pulling us through the water. We have yeah. pictures to prove it. <laughs> you know, so who knows where this interview is going to yeah. go? I'm just looking forward to uh, allowing us and our listeners the opportunity to know more about a guy who, who loves giving me hell, okay? <laughs> um, and rightfully so, because I'll give it back to him. Um, you know, but somebody that, yeah, he coaches at Decatur. Yeah, he coached at Cambridge. But he's not just about those kids. And he's about all the kids. And I think that's one of the cool things about him. And, yeah. and I think we'll learn more about the Jake Coleman we're away from a football field we're away from a weight room we're away from his office we're out where he likes to have fun mm-hmm. and get away too and he was gracious enough to to have us on the boat so when we come back why don't we go ahead and talk to Jake Coleman Captain Jake Coleman yeah. <laughs> that's Love it. coming up next right here on Time
2: Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey it's David Wilson Jr. with the Preston Automotive Group. Preston is a great place to buy because you can always expect great customer service when you're buying your vehicle and after the sale. Customers can call me directly on my cell phone at 410-829-0034. We love the communities we serve and we love to give back no matter what the case may be. The Preston Automotive Group has been in my family for 40 years. My father has been serving this community and has passed it on to our family to continue to serve you no matter what you're looking for at any time for all your vehicle needs. Whether it's service, sales, parts, or the body shop, Preston's got you covered. Don't have time to bring your car into the dealership for service? We'll bring the service to you with one of our mobile service vans. Preston Automotive Group is always a great place to buy your car because we have the best prices and the best service after the sale. No matter what you're looking for, we have over 1,500 new vehicles and over 700 pre-owned vehicles at any time. You can always shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, we'll deliver.
0: This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle at the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. Now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com.
1: All right, so Jake Coleman's here. He's heard everything that we ever said about him, you know, and and but uh, let's go ahead and bring him in. Coach, we got to thank you, first of all. Absolutely, this is the coolest yeah. interview setup I think that we'll ever have. It's going to be a hard time trying to beat this.
3: Yeah, I'm, well, I'm just worried about keeping you safe. For once in your life, <laughs> I'm looking out at, for you and trying to make sure that I can keep the boat anchored and uh, you know that we don't we don't run into any boats around here. Well, right I'm, right. I'm, I'm hope- and don't get don't get yourself <laughs> thrown
0: overboard, Mark. Or he may just leave you on the island. So watch what you say. I, uh, I will <laughs> let you know, Mark. I mean,
3: as the captain. I do have all right to throw you <laughs> off this boat. <laughs> it's
1: good to know. It's a hell of a swim back to the shore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to hang out with these horses. So uh, there's no doubt about that. But listen. Watch where just, step. That's right. So, Jake Coleman. If you had to sum up Jake Coleman as a person in ten words, what do you think
3: it'd be? Uh, you know, I'm I'm just a lucky kid. You know, from Willis Street. So I'm a lucky, yeah. lucky yeah. kid from Willis Street. You know, I just, that's it. You know, I've just been very blessed, you know, throughout my life.
1: So we talked, uh, for those that aren't familiar with Overtime Live, uh, back in the fall last year, a year ago, uh, we did a series of shows uh, just where we got to know the coaches. And, and you were, I don't know, week five, week six with us um, of mm-hmm. the program. And a lot of people that are listening to the podcast now didn't listen back then, and shame on them so you talk about i'm just a kid from Willis street Willis street in cambridge and yet we're on your boat now you live down here in ocean city but you've come a hell of a long way to get
0: here
3: yeah yeah and i you know i owe that to my family i, I first of all i come from a very strong family that's got great community ties and uh you know I, I i was very very blessed uh to be in a great community growing up as well and uh you know i was, I was very very lucky to, to be a a kid in cambridge and uh you know i I, trust me i know how far i've gotten and and, uh it's good um it's you know when you graduate college i think all of us think that okay we've made it and uh and and you know that that not always is the case and uh, you know so finally there's a you know there's a point in my life where you know starting to not have to live paycheck to paycheck and and starting to be able to enjoy things and uh you know i haven't lost my grind or anything i mean i i want to stay here so i know that you know we we gotta we gotta have success in order for that to happen so
0: was there a moment when you transitioned down to the beach that it kind of hit you with the transition that now you're at decatur and you know, it's just a whole different atmosphere here than the than cambridge was there a moment uh, that sticks out for you
3: um i don't know i don't know if there was necessarily a moment it's been a lot of moments mm-hmm. um you know it's definitely a different environment um, at the same time, though, you know, I still consider myself, you know, a kid from Cambridge. I s- still consider that home. Um, it's kind of, you know, I kind of get to enjoy um, a different side of life now, and uh, it's been nice. Uh, so, you know, I don't know when it hits you. I mean, I, you know, we just, me and my wife just recently just bought a house, and so you know, you kind of become an official resident of uh, Worcester County. So I think, uh, you know, that that was definitely a, a, a different feeling. Sure. Um, you know, next year or sorry, next year, this upcoming, in a few weeks, you know, we're going to have our first scrimmage of against Smyrna in Cambridge. And I think that that will be the first time that it will kind of hit me. So yeah. it, it may be in a couple weeks, yeah. you know, yeah. when I'm on the other sideline, um, you know, against Cambridge.
1: So when you look back, Cambridge, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I mean, let's face it, the, the Cambridge is all over the news nowadays. They've, they've got troubles. Uh, and Cambridge, in every town. Has troubles no matter where you are but life wasn't easy for you in Cambridge you talked about how you didn't live on the streets but
3: but no. you hung out with you know
1: yeah. so you hung out in some pretty tough neighborhoods yeah well I'm
3: a, I'm a kid that came you know from poverty and stuff and uh you know my mom and dad uh were great my father's a waterman my mother uh worked uh, at Napa Auto Parts and uh you know, we we've we've you know, whenever you're a Waterman's son, you kind of go through the ups and downs of the seasons, depending upon if you're catching crabs or not, and and uh, so you know, I've been through those things, and uh, you know, I don't know. That's that's really where I cut my teeth as a as a young kid, and and really you know, that's where I learned how you know got tough, and I you know got that you know learned how to grind. Uh, but if it wasn't for the support of my community and my family, you know, I would never have gotten this far. You know, they, trust me, I'm as big a, you know, kid that messes up as anybody. So, you know, I'm very, very lucky. I was, I've was, i been given a lot of second, third, fourth chances. So I feel very, very fortunate. You know, I, I sit there, when I talk to kids, I, I you know, I speak to them from experience. I don't try to talk to them like, like I've never done anything wrong. Uh, I probably have done everything wrong you know, honestly, so, uh, but, you know, coming up, again, I just, I was lucky that I had a lot of hands that kind of helped me out, and, and got me to this point, and, uh, you know, coming down to Worcester County was a good opportunity for me to kind of fly the nest a little bit, go out, and, uh, you know, sometimes you start thinking, okay, I'm from here, um, I've obviously gotten a lot of help from a lot of people, you know, can I go somewhere else, and can I, you know, am I, any good or was I just a product of my environment you know so I I think that question you know was a little bit in my mind but you know even that being said I you know I had kinda looked at it and I said well I I don't know if I want to go back into the college game and uh, because I I, I really did not enjoy the recruiting and whatnot and and I didn't know you know I thought okay I'll probably just you know coaching Cambridge my whole life Uh, but in the back of my mind you know there was one program that, kind of, you know, Coach Knox years ago kind of was mentioned, hey, I'd love to have you come down here. You know, he saw something in me, and it's weird how life happens. It was like, you know, you put something out there, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, somebody else says something. Somebody else says something. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, our assistant superintendent um, in Dorchester County is not hired, um, you know, in Dorchester, which was just a, a unbelievably, like, shocking move, Um And, you know, he was scooped up very quickly by Worcester County. And, you know. The rest is history. The rest is history. They had an opening, and he knew a guy, and I happened to be that guy. So,
1: Talk with Jake Coleman out here on Isle of Wright Bay in Ocean City, on the the banks of Assateague Island right now. And getting to know Coach Coleman uh, before he got into coaching football and You know, I just I think it's important to take a look back. We'll continue this conversation with him coming up here in moments on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and Shingle Master Roofers. Take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. Welcome back. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and the coach, Jake Coleman, with us. And, Coach, we were just talking about your dad's a waterman and, and uh, your mom worked at Napa Auto Parts. And, you know, these are these are people that worked for a living and did a lot just to make sure that, one, you could be in school like you're supposed to and get your education. But also, when you left high school, Cambridge South Dorchester High School, you went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what college you went to and why you chose that
3: college. Well, I initially I had a, um, a P.O., pitcher-only, offer uh, for a partial scholarship at East Carolina. And um, I didn't think, my. you know, Coach Fleetwood was my high school coach, obviously. So he was at Salisbury. So he was recruiting me. And I really think that my mom and Coach Fleetwood were kind of uh, – talking without me and figuring (laughs) out how to get me to salisbury kind of
1: an arranged marriage type thing. (laughs) kind of an arranged marriage type of thing
3: and you know suddenly everything was wrong with east carolina and everything was right with salisbury so i chose salisbury university where i went on and you know had a great uh playing career both playing baseball and football i was lucky enough that they asked me to you know come and help uh coach football but even before that it's another example of of a kid who just got lucky um my as soon as I get to college like a lot of kids that sense of freedom I'm I'm an only child so as soon as I get to college um I don't know how to act you know I'm having to wake myself up feed myself take care of myself so on and so forth and you know I'm not doing a very good job of it I'm just (laughs) going out and partying and and missing classes and so on and so forth and uh I had an advisor, I can't name her name, but she was a she was somebody who my mother knew personally as a, a childhood friend, and um, my mom called her up and said, hey, I need you to find out if Jake's going to class, and if he's doing what he's supposed to do, because he's telling me he is, but I got a feeling that he's not, and she's like, Cindy, I can't do that, you know, um, and my mom's like, look, I need a favor, and so... The lady looked into it, and sure enough, I wasn't going to class. I was messing up, and my grades were terrible. And I got this knock at the door, and it was uh, it was my dad. And my voice cracks because my dad passed away recently. But uh, he knocks on the door, and he says, uh, you know, first of all, mom's not with him, so I'm a little bit alarmed. And he has a newspaper, so he sits his newspaper down on the uh, desk, and I look, and it has a bunch of boats circled. And he said, Look, I didn't work my whole God D life to give you this opportunity and you to come down here and mess it up. So uh, I'm going to help you get a boat, but you ain't living with us and you're going to be on your own. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, and, it was, and it, I was like, dad, and he, you know, my dad was a very supportive dad and uh, he was disappointed. And that, that cut deep disappointing him
1: and i think we all try we Mm want to we want to want the approval of our dad we want to make our dads proud yeah Yeah.
3: and uh i was like Dad, and he's like i don't care you're not going to class you're not trying your best if these grades don't pick up you're coming home and he slammed the door and left and didn't even say goodbye And that hurt uh,
0: but that was that was a wake-up call for you
3: that was it yeah then after that I started making some friends with some people that were really smart. (laughs) And they showed me how to study. And, you know, when people say, hey, you know, for every hour in class, you need to spend, you know, a couple hours or three hours, you know, in the library and stuff. And I'd kind of laugh at that because I was an athlete. That's how I identified myself. I wasn't a student athlete. I was an athlete. And uh, I was getting ready to just be a, you know, a coulda, shoulda, woulda, waterman you know, waterman <laughs> and uh you know that's which way i was putting myself i was pointing myself in that direction so you know again you know without that moment you know then 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 i i don't i don't graduate college i don't set myself up you know and there's been a lot of other situations in my life uh where different people from cambridge have reached out to me and they have helped me uh just when i tried to mess up you know uh, mess it all up because I have a self-destructive nature. So, um, you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So when you ask me to describe myself, that's it, man. I'm just a I'm a dumb kid from Willow Street that was really, really lucky to have a lot of really good people around him. That's well, it.
0: Well, and, Jake, in a lot of ways you talk about getting third and fourth and fifth chances. Does it occur to you along the line that, you know, you're meant to be doing what you're doing and that you were given those chances so that, you could eventually get it and be able to give kids, you know, the opportunity themselves, but to be there and say, "Hey, I've been there with them," as you just talked about—that yeah. this is your life's calling.
3: Yeah, it's 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 not even a question in my mind. You know, um, the more the more I coach, the the calmer I get with failure, and now I start to accept, you know, any type of failure as uh, it was supposed to happen, you know, and mm-hmm. it's it's for the betterment, and I try to look. Into what is God's plan for this uh, speed bump or obstacle that I'm facing and uh, really it's helped me a lot because uh, you know it's hard it's hard to go ahead and beat somebody that has so much belief in God and and has so much belief and God's will and and that uh, things are supposed to happen for a reason you know, you badmouth me, it's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to learn something from it. You go ahead and beat me, I'm supposed to learn something from it. You betray me, I'm supposed to learn something from it. And uh, so and, and I'm trying to continue to be that person uh, for the kids and, and kind of teach them the same thing. So absolutely I feel like this was my purpose.
1: Talking to Jake Coleman from Stephen Decatur High School. When we come back, I want to talk to you about Why teaching and why Cambridge? That's coming up here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group.
4: Sports have an impressive host of social, academic, and physical benefits for teenagers. Despite these benefits, research shows that teen athletes are at a higher risk than non-athletes for certain negative behaviors. Experts believe the social culture for certain team sports influence participants to drink. Now is the time to take a step back and recognize that athletes are human beings above anything else, and their mental health and substance use must be addressed in a positive and understanding way. Through listening and validating, you can help create a safe space for your student to talk openly about the risks of substance use and abuse. Create a judgment-free space for your child to share their feelings and their thoughts. Ask questions in regards to substance use. If you suspect your child is consuming alcohol or other substances, reach out for help. For All Seasons is a community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center of the Midshore.
1: This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center. Providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric, education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, Jake Coleman, and uh, boy, Coach, we really appreciate you having us out here today and And opening up to us, you know, and letting us to get to know you more. And and I think
0: this is huge, not only for us. It was something we were able to do last year that COVID gave us an opportunity to do that now we can expound upon with the podcast. Yeah,
1: Yeah. absolutely. And I think you you left Salisbury, you graduated from Salisbury. One, why teaching and why Cambridge South Dorchester?
3: Well, I met my wife, um, who I met in a master's course, and
1: wait wait a second. Before mm-hmm. you go expand mm-hmm. what is it with Salisbury and meeting wives there? I mean, you had McCormick met his wife there. Mm-hmm. Joseph met his wife there. You meet your <laughs> wife there. I mean, is it a prearranged marriage thing out of Salisbury that well, you got to have a wife when you leave?
3: Well, there's a lot of good-looking women in Salisbury,
4: <laughs> <laughs> or at least go
3: to Salisbury University. You yeah. And, be- you know, there's also a great athletic environment in Salisbury, you know. Yeah all the sports boys and girls are very very successful you know men's and women's I, I right mean. and uh, so it's a great athletic environment and you know you start to meet people that are you know education track that are similar to you they have similar goals and yep. and I think that's kinda how it happens and uh, so you know I think that a lot of good coaches have come from Salisbury and most of them have married a uh, you know a good woman that they met at Salisbury from my experience. Alright so continue on well I met my wife and uh, I met her in a master's course she's originally from New York and uh, you know she went to school and and played sports up there and so she came down she was living at the beach and uh, working at Smitty McGee's and um, you know I saw her in a class and I was like oh my god like I don't know who that is but I want to find out (laughs) and so you know that's how it kind of started and uh at that time I was coaching college football and I knew that I needed to you know start figuring things out because I was making zero money coaching college football (laughs) and uh I was making very little so you know that's that's and in Cambridge um they had a head football uh well actually they needed an in-school suspension teacher so I got hired to do in-school suspension and I was still coaching football at Salisbury at that time and then um the football coach before me uh scott Dotson, he stepped down and they needed a coach uh, but i was only 23 i was way too young i was not nearly qualified enough to do it and uh you know when i spoke to them i i kind of told them this is what i need and um you know that's how i kind of became uh at that time the youngest head football coach in state history
1: so let's find out about that's your good. game i mean what. Uh, yeah, what pickup line did you use on your wife?
3: Uh, it was real easy. I said, uh, "I said, hey, um, in case you miss class, or I miss class, you want to exchange numbers so we can get up and down and figure out the work." And she was like, "Sure." So Smooth. she she missed, <laughs> she missed class about two weeks later, and she called me about the work, and I answered the phone because I had saved her number. Obviously. He said, "Yo."
1: <laughs> no, I said, like, "Hey,
3: I was really." She was like, "Hey, I'm, you know, I missed class the other day. Didn't know if, uh, you know, what what we were doing." I was like, "Oh man." She's like, "What?" And I was like, "I thought you were calling because you wanted to go out." <laughs> and she was like, "You want to go out?" I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "All right." So, there it was. I was wondering is. if she
0: had yeah. missed class on purpose or yeah. not, but that was the purpose of your question. Or if she'd missed yeah. class
3: with you. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely you not. You didn't want to get another knock on the door for that at that point. <laughs> no, I tell you what, I got lucky. Yeah. She came down here from New York, and the rest of these dummies never never spotted her. So I uh, I got lucky. Now, what <laughs> sports did she play? She was a basketball. Uh, well, she's from a little high school and upstate new york called Del High, okay. believe it or not so she did basketball soccer cheerleading um i think she even did well no she her mom was the field hockey coach but she didn't play field hockey so <laughs> she did it oh and swimming sorry okay and okay. swimming and she was really really a a high level swimmer and of course she went on to you know coach a few of the state championship teams at cambridge um And swimming that I did not know. No no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Wow. For a while there in Cambridge, I I went. She went from being you know Jake Coleman's wife to I became Melanie Coleman's husband. (laughs) Husband, right? (laughs) And they they were like, "Oh, you're from here." I'm like, "What do you mean? Am I from here?"
1: (laughs) We've got Jake Coleman with us. We're going to go back to uh, coaching high school football. You heard him talk about how he was the youngest in, in history. We'll talk to him about that next.
4: Did you know one in five youth live with a mental health condition? For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center offers the highest level of mental health care to children, teens, and adults. Our therapists provide counseling for everything from depression, anxiety, or addictive behaviors. Our psychiatrists offer medicine-based treatments, and our victim advocates provide support for survivors of sexual violence. For All Seasons is here for you. Visit www.forallseasonsinc.org.
1: This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at (laughs) collegeplacementconsulting.com. Timeout with Shore Sports. This truly is a timeout today. And I want to thank the Preston Automotive Group for, you know, I'm driving their, well, they are, I wish I could say they sponsor my truck, but they don't. <laughs> I, I drove it out here today to get here to this beautiful yeah. scenery. We are on Isle of Wright Bay. We're on the uh, banks of the Assateague, actually, uh, out here close to the inlet, and Jake Sorry. Coleman is Uh, given us the opportunity to be out here with him and dive in, I I guess, take the deep dive, so to speak. Hopefully we're not taking a deep dive going back through the inlet, but taking the deep dive into his life. And you mentioned a little bit ago about being the youngest football coach ever in Cambridge South Dorchester High School. You know, I I think younger guys, kids at that point relate better to the younger people. Would you agree with that? No. No. OK,
3: because uh, the group that I had my first year <laughs> now, I was the youngest in the state history at the time, not just at Cambridge. But that first year, they looked at me like I you know, had two heads. <laughs> they didn't care what I did in high school um, real quickly. A lot of kids tried to they tried to be buddy, buddy with me. Right, and then that, right. that led to a lot of issues. So, uh, yeah, no, it was not easier. Yeah, it would have been easier as an assistant coach to relate. But not as the head coach. Did they I,
0: think you were going to take it easy on them because you were similar in age? I don't know what they thought.
3: I think they <laughs> thought I was an idiot, which I was at the time, and they were right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, honestly, I can't fault them. But it was one of the most talented teams I've ever had that first year. We could have been very, very good. A lot of people don't realize my first game I coached was against Ben Tate and uh, at okay. Snow Hill. And I swear to you, I felt like we shut him down. I looked, and he had 360 yards rushing. <laughs> uh, but then we go out in week eight, I believe, and we beat a seven-win James and Bennett team. We onside kicked six times in a game and got five of them. <laughs> uh, no lie. They only had the ball for one minute in the first half. We, we were getting it back every single time. Who wow. was frustrated. We got very, very lucky. We upset uh, a, a Bennett team that was way better than us, just rolling the dice. And that gave us, at three wins on the season, that gave us a playoff berth, believe it or not, at three wins. So I had to tell a three-win team that was all geared up to play basketball, hey, um, we made the playoffs, guys, which they were not excited about. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, look, you know, it's this is great, blah, 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 you guys earned it. And they're like, what do you mean? We had three wins. And I was like, well, I was back of my mind. I'm like, God, this is such a I'm – I'm terrible at this. And uh, so they said, well, who do we play? And I said, well, we play Snow Hill and Ben Tate. And the <laughs> kids looked at me like they did not want to play football. I said, but don't worry. I got the greatest game plan ever. I'm telling you, we're going to upset them. It's going to be the greatest upset in, in the history of the state. And, of course, they were all like, okay. So we went out that day, and, you know, we, we did have a great game plan. And believe it or not, we played Ben, we played Snow Hill. Of course, I guarantee you they didn't even practice for us because they beat us, I think, 50-some to seven in the regular season. And uh, we go out there, and we're winning the game through three quarters. At the end of the third quarter, we are beating Ben Tate's Snow Hill team. We're up by five. They let Ben play in the fourth quarter? No. <laughs> ben, was, ben was playing, but, you know, they were very they, – look, they were formation-oriented, and they weren't going to show anything to the next opponent. Sure, right. sure. So, we knew what they were going to run, Predictable, and, and they yeah. were running it. Yeah. And we were just getting lucky, and they were kind of having a bad game. I think the kids weren't ready to play uh, at that moment. But, anyway, we go to set up for a field goal, and Hunter Wessels is about to kick a field goal. He's a great kicker for us, and he kicks the ball – into the end zone, but he kicks it eight yards deep. They had a kid that was on the goal line, he backed up into the end zone, he catches the ball, okay, and he runs it out and runs it for a touchdown. Now, Mark, what should have happened on that play?
1: Well, if I remember correctly, that's a touchback.
3: That's right. should have been a dead ball. Any ball in high school football that enters the end zone, regardless if it's a punt, kickoff, or missed field goal, is automatically a touchback. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know this. I had just come from the college game where you could take it out. Right. This kid takes it out, runs it back. They take the lead. We go three and out the next series. They score. Our kids go back to being a three-win team, and they they, of course, move on. Playoff officials,
0: though, didn't catch it.
3: They did not catch it, but no. to their credit, I did get, uh, you know, an official who was co- who was officiating the game. Uh, the next morning, I uh, got a knock at my front door. I don't know how he got my address. Uh, <laughs> he came there to apologize. Wow! And, and he thinks that like the call like could have it, you know, it 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 was a game changer, a momentum shifter, right, right? And everything. And he and I didn't even know the rule at that time. He sat there and he was all apologetic. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, and. He's like, listen, and he explained it to me. I didn't know.
0: Now, I, I have to ask you, as the season went on, though, were you able to get the kids to buy in and not look at you with three different heads, or was that just a challenge throughout the year?
3: I, I, can, I can't claim any success in that season at all. I mean, I remember standing on a hill and thinking to myself that these three kids that were giving me problems, I'm going to run. I told them. I said, look, you're going to run this hill till one <laughs> of you quits. All three of you can quit right now, or we're going to run till one of you quits. And, I, I mean, I ran them, I think, for two hours. I should have been fired for what I did for <laughs> them kids. But I was they, – they had just plucked my very last nerve. Yeah. and yeah. And the disrespect, I just couldn't take it no more. So, you know, I was young and dumb. I said, well, if it's them or me, I'll go. it's going to be them because I can't do it no more. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I can't – I didn't have any success okay. for the first year. <laughs> my second year, we went one and nine. Should have been fired that year and then i was lucky enough to have a 6 foot 5 quarterback named taylor henry that came into the program and he absolutely changed the the uh, the trajectory of everything and and we had a gr- group of kids there that could catch the ball and we became one of one of the first like true spread teams in the conference at that time and and uh, we were throwing the ball all over the place and 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 unfortunately we also had a kid By the uh, name of Andy Perez, he was our center and middle linebacker, and he was killed in a motorcycle accident five days before our season started. And so uh, our kids were obviously more motivated and more focused to honor him with that season. Sure, sure. Uh, And so I didn't have to do a whole lot of motivating that year. Uh, Those kids were ready. We played every single first play. No, sorry. We played every single first series, the first three plays of every single Game, we played it that year with only 10 players on defense. And we never gave up a first down. Wow. Honestly, why didn't I just play with 10 the whole season? (laughs) But but yeah, but it was a, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, just a crazy turnaround. And then then we got, you know, we got things going in the right direction and then kind of never looked back. And, you know, at Cambridge, we were able to put together, I think, 13 straight years of, uh, you know, making the playoffs. Went in the 1A uh, conference, uh, which Mark used to insult us and well, call we, us a little know, school. We, but we'll get to that. We just eventually, a second. I thought we moved beyond that. in no, Johnny. No, we no, eventually got him to say <laughs> 1A instead of calling us little school, <laughs> right. which I appreciate, Mark. You at least calling we're us 1A. We're gonna get back to
1: that. I, I want to get back to that. Yeah, Sorry. but
3: but we had okay. some consistency there, and and uh, you know we didn't lose to a 1A team in the regular season. I think you know for that entire time, and uh, it was a, it was a good run. We had a couple region championships ran into some juggernauts had some great games against fort hill and douglas and Bowman manor having grace and perryville and uh it was it was awesome it was a good run jay
1: coleman's with us we're going to talk about that 1a 2a big school little school small school oh. bayside title it's all coming up right here on time out with shore sports presented <laughs> by the preston automotive Group. <laughs> This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank. Serving the midshore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to QueenstownBank.com. I want to take a moment to tell you about Hook Optic Sunglasses. They offer vision without limits using the latest technology in their Thermoforce Polarized Triple Threat Lenses. They repel sweat, water, oil, dirt, and sunscreen. Plus, they're scratch and smudge resistant. I used to wear those other popular brands, but I've switched to Hook because of the look, the feel, the quality, and the price. Stop by an optical galleria in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, West Water Street in downtown Centerville, or on Harrison Street in Easton to try on a pair, or go to HookOptics.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. So, Coach, you were talking about you, you started to delve into it, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, that was one thing. Boy, I, I remember you listening to Overtime Live and getting upset about uh, you were you texted me if I remember correctly, and I don't have that text anymore, but. <laughs> about you said you made the playoffs in three with three wins in in the one A. Mm-hmm. and Which is bad, I know. It, it, yeah and it's not my fault though. No, <laughs> you, you play the schedule and, and based off of what and yeah. and I think if there is a if there's a problem with the MPSSAA playoff format yeah it, it's that. Yeah. That you have teams that are getting in with three wins or four wins yeah. compared to Teams that are winning that won yeah. eight and having to stay well, home a, in the 2
3: A And I don't mean to interrupt you, but you have – I was an athletic director. What about in every other sport where you got zero-win teams that got to go face undefeated teams yeah. in round one right. of the field hockey and get beat 32 to nothing?
1: Because everybody gets in. <laughs> yeah, it's right. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So – there was a time, and you you'll remember better than I do because obviously you have a photographic memory. Uh, it, when you go back in time, when it was I remember you saying that Cambridge was the small school champion. Okay, the the small school base I I can't remember. You can remi- you can remind me of how it worked out. And I I think I I where I got in trouble with you was I said. Never heard of a small school champion and a large school champion. I didn't know we <laughs> divided it that way. Right. I knew of North uh, and South and never knew that there was a 1A North
3: well, and a 1A South. At some point in time, and I don't, I mean, the year may have been 07, they went from having all the teams in the North play all the teams in the North. And they went from having all the teams in the South play all the teams in the South. Mm-hmm. And it was a great move overall for our conference and I think that James was one of the ones who led the way he said look I think coach Knox as well they said look we're sitting here 2A 3A teams we can't have all these 1A schools on our schedule because when we're competing for playoff positions with the Cecil County schools we aren't getting any home games because we can't accumulate enough points even with a great record. So those guys decided, okay, all the one A's are gonna play each other because that didn't take place before that. Mm. You know, there would be years there where we would never play Washington, or or we wouldn't play, or wow. K- Colonel wouldn't play Snow Hill, and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. And so um, I
0: never knew that they yeah. made
3: this switch. Yeah. But you know, like usual, Mark wasn't paying attention, <laughs> and he didn't realize the it, early so. days of OTL. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So because all they can't have a north and a south champion if all the north teams don't play each other and all the south teams don't play each other. So the board of supervisors made the determination they were going to have a 1A Bayside champion and they were going to have a 2A, 3A. I didn't invent this trophy. They did. They decided to make the switch. Mark wasn't aware of it. I don't know if he was working in the school system at that time. Or I started nothing. in
1: the school system, oh seven, oh eight, right. and and, a, and overtime Live yeah. started in 09.
3: And you know, the base side's not the best at updating the media on changes. Uh, they don't
1: update anything, uh, correct? That, yeah. That's a whole podcast uh, and, in and of itself. Unless yeah. we get from yeah. you right. directly right. from yeah. you or James, right. yeah. we, we don't know anything. It's a struggle, right? Yeah.
3: So yeah. that was that was the the problem. So okay. Mark, Mark's on, he's on his show. And this is oh nine. And I'm just I'm just like, hey, Mark, you know, that's what I was doing. The Gator today we locked up, the, you know, the one a, you know, Bayside championship. And I think he wrote back a text that was like, LOL or something like, no, like that's what happened. And he just he kind of dismissed it. And, you know, like he should have because he didn't know what I was talking about. So anyway, that's that's where it all and got it led to,
1: to several of his coaches. To, I yeah. mean, I, there were there were police <laughs> sitting at the Marcus Bridge waiting for me to cross over to pull me uh, over. Mark, <laughs> look, look, Mark <laughs> in his younger days liked
3: to poke Cambridge, yeah. but of course at this time, that's true. North Carolina was a up and coming team. But yeah. really, Queen Anne's ran oh, things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Easton was a bottom dweller.
1: Yeah, remember, because we had talked, that's why we quit
3: 20-weekly <laughs> <Right>. games. <laughs> right. and, yeah. and Ken Island was on the rise. Though, <laughs> Ken right? Island yeah. was probably second tier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wahai and right. Queen right. Anne's were the the top dogs. I, would you agree? Yeah. yeah. And, and, of course, in the 1A at that time, we had overtaken uh, Snow Hill, which mm-hmm. had a great run there for a while. We had overtaken them and become – You know the 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 top team and the 1a but you know that that doesn't get us a lot of respect and I get it you know I'm now coaching a 2a 3a team in Decatur I understand more now the perspective that a lot of the bigger school coaches had Mm -hmm. but you know you can only play who you play and you know we and even though some people from Caroline County they love to say oh Cambridge has 25 kids from North Rochester, which is always inaccurate. Very very few times have we have more than five in the program. Um, but regardless, um, they also don't understand that the middle school, North Orchester middle School does not that line that determines if a kid's a North Orchester middle school student is different, believe it or not, than the line that determines if they're a North Orchester high school student. Really. So okay. there would be several kids that would play Cambridge Little League go to North Dorchester Middle, and then come to Cambridge, South Dorchester to play football. But a lot of people thought, oh, they're North Dorchester kids, right? And I wasn't, like, doing, you know. Well, anyway, that was the, again, that's them trying to come up, and they were trying to come up and claw their way up that rung, and we were one of the rungs we felt like that they were trying to, to step over to get there. Now, that may not be the case. But I really feel strongly that it was. (laughs) And and thinking back onto our conversations
1: years ago about Mm -hmm. that, I think that was also at about the same time where the fight was on about Easton kids going to St. Michael's to play baseball. Maybe. But yet baseball, St. Michael's kids couldn't come to Easton to Mm -hmm. play football or or lacrosse. And, you know, and I think the same thing was being said about – north dorchester kids coming over and saying that well north dorchester cambridge should be a 2a -hmm. since they were having kids there and they were saying the same thing with st michael's they're drawing from easton kids Mm -hmm. so they should be playing 2a or even 3a and and i think when you boil down the numbers yeah i i get it i see why people would say that but
3: but but conveniently mr potter He seems to always somehow he can't he cannot even think (laughs) of a Colonel kid who came to North caroline to play football for some reason this just escapes his memory but if he if i'm not going to name kids but there's been quite a few but they you have one you have, well, <laughs> exactly you have thought of one they have you have played never. for me yeah on you, the baseball field exactly. you can't you can't he won't say that on overtime live to save his life in the yeah,
1: uh,
0: uh, well and and when i started to do overtime live coming from, you know, working down here full-time at the shore and doing Decatur games for three years, which was a blast for me, I always had a South bias. I was a South homer, and, you know, you're (laughs) in the North now, uh, but wait a minute, we're doing the entire conference now, and yeah, I, you know, Decatur was always kind of an adopted team for me, and yeah, I still feel strongly about them, and it's great tradition, just like at Cambridge, and right. you know, so that's yeah, that was always me. And I, at the end of the day, look, I want the entire conference to do great, but yeah, I, I would admit because I lived down here full time for a long well, time, yeah, they were my adopted school, and
3: the perception's yeah. always been, you know, Mark's compromised yeah. because right. he coaches, <laughs> but right. he's, you know, it's not his fault. He loves coaching. He loves. I don't Delmar coach of a anymore. Yeah. What? Well, but you love coaching. Yeah, he's did. the green. He's did. the Brett Favre of the Bayside Conference. Right. He always
0: says he's he's retiring, and then he pops yeah. up the next he year coaching up. somewhere else. But yeah. it's
3: you know it's not his fault. He's a guy. Yeah. Look, he loves his his show. Everything right. comes from a good place. Um, but he very early on in Overtime Live, I think that was a big th- perception that yeah. he had to fight. And, uh, I think you know.
0: I paid the price sometimes because <laughs> yeah, co- Coach was a little hostile with me, but I understood because I, I was a representation of you. I was like, well, Mark and I are different people. I don't needle the way he does. <laughs> he did But you, you figure that. He did. He needled me a lot too. So, But, you know, I think you figured that out after a and while. And he does so. it
3: in such a yeah. way. It's so irritating.
1: It's entertainment. You know, and and he, he lowers his
3: voice. The, the way he does it, it's just, oh, he's got a way. Yeah. He's got a way. He does. I guarantee does. his wife hates it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> no doubt.
1: Listen, we are out in the bay, Isle of Wright Bay, just on the yeah. outskirts of Ocean City. I guess this yeah. could still be Ocean City, but we're on the banks of the Assateague. Uh, we're going to take a quick dip, and when we come back, we're going to continue <laughs> to talk with Coach Coleman here from Ocean City, the head coach of the Decatur football team. That's more coming up right here on uh, Time Out with Shore Sports.
0: This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrett and the staff get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, so step away from the pain by calling Perrett and Moy Therapy Associates at
1: 410-604-2982. In the heat of the bed, you know, it's nice to be able to jump into the water a little bit. Get, yeah. get the get the water it's up be, to the uh, cool. the knees. What? Well, I wish I'd have brought my bathing suit. but I <laughs> no. noticed there, Thank there you was, for. There was no place out here to yeah. you know change. But you know, hey, we. That are, would have
3: ended the interview right yeah, there. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably. Well, I noticed yeah. here on this boat, he lifts this thing, and it's like a it's a place to go potty.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. a bathroom. Yeah.
1: I, it, before we started, he, he raised it. I thought he was going to go either throw up or pee before we started, <laughs> but, but he didn't. He just got another anchor out. So he got ready
0: for the interview. <laughs> that's
1: where that's where he drops his anchors at. So, <laughs> uh,
0: now, Jake, I've got I've got to ask you, being a shore guy, and yes, you're down on the lower shore, mm-hmm. coming from the midshore, but one of the things you know, I certainly sense in you is a strong obviously strong shore roots Mm -hmm. not only with your family but also in terms of bayside sports bayside football you've always been a huge advocate and i know coach sofanowski talked about the fact that you know the bayside the eastern shore gets overlooked too much and i know you're a guy as well that's a staunch defender of it and has worked hard to try to bring it more notoriety just talk about that well i
3: think that i think the teams i think schools from the western shore take advantage of us being divided you know, they, they take advantage of us um, not supporting each other's kids. And it, it does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. And I think that the, the, the coaches that have been in the Bayside Conference that have that short-sighted view where they only think about their team and their school, you know, I really think they're missing uh, a great opportunity to help out the shore. And, uh, and, and you're never going to get the recognition you need until you come together and you really, truly build something. So just like, you know, Mark has built Overtime Live and you, you guys are, have built your your website and you're doing things to help promote sports and shore sports, you know, we've been on the other end trying to do the same thing to bring coaches together. I know Coach McCormick, you know, he'll, he helps run the coaches um, association and, and we do the Eastern Shore Bowl and we've tried to get our kids more exposed to different all-star games. You know, for a long time there, we couldn't do, I like, it's like, what do you got to do to get a kid in the big 33? Right. right you know i had a kid lead the state and touchdowns couldn't even get a spot so you know we had to say okay well you know what we're going to let the baltimore touchdown club okay we're going to let them have that and then we're going to focus over here with this other all-star game and and with the maryland state crab bowl so you know we've been doing those things and and hey it's just been helping kids get more and more exposure you know and you know us coaches that work together um and and i can sit here and tell you i don't i don't want to leave anybody out okay but there's a lot of coaches in the game of football that are working together okay and they're not just promoting their kid only they're like hey go over to north carolina and see this kid and i talked to james the other day he sent one of his contacts for boston college uh... towards us and so we've been communicating better and taking care of each other better and so there's a there's a great climate that I that I see taking place right now to help kit, get get kids more exposure. Not that they haven't gotten it in the past, but I think that we're doing a better job of working together now, trying to expose kids and and get kids off the shore. And it's brought a lot of attention. I'll say the negative, you know, no no good deed you know gets left unpunished. Now you know you have a lot of private schools that kind of come in and they're trying to look at our kids and and you know we're bringing exposure in that way. But that's okay. You know, if a kid leaves the shore to go to a private school and he goes out there and he gets a scholarship, you know, why would we feel bad? Yeah, yeah. we all want – hey, I would love to have London Drummond and Zion Shockley playing on my Decatur yeah. football team last year, okay? It would have been a problem for some people, okay? Right. But I'm very excited that those kids are able to go out there and get those scholarship opportunities. It's, it's great to see Dante Trader, you know, go from Del Mar over right. to McDonough and and get the opportunity now at the University of Maryland. That's going to happen every so often with certain kids. Uh, We have to know that that's a part of the game. It stinks when you lose a kid, okay? But uh, at the same time, though, um, it has brought a lot of good attention. You know, those kids going there, having success, has also brought attention towards other kids as well. So uh, we got to continue to look at ways to building it. I know that we've been working on having different camps and free camps and trying to build up. You know, and I'm not just training like the kids that are going to come to Decatur, I'm trying to work with kids that are going to be in the Salisbury area, the Cambridge area, the Caroline County area, the Queen Anne's area, and so on and so forth, I'm trying to help these kids and, and build them, you know, for for success long term.
1: When you think about the, the Bayside, and it, we've had this conversation with many coaches many times about how the competition level has started to raise itself in the Bayside. Uh, And I think it has a lot to do with, like you said, I mean, coaches are starting to work together. We opened up the the segment here today about talking about how it's not just about your kids. And you went back to Cambridge from where you coached, I mean, where you played. You went back to Cambridge as a coach. You've come down here to Decatur now, and you are helping with these camps. And I think, yeah, we, we know why you do it but why you why why is it so important to you to make sure that other kids get an opportunity
3: well i mean what's my purpose then you know if i'm not here to help somebody you know it's going to be a really worthless life and so you know trying to help people trying to build relationships and uh you know look you could take like doing a free football camp Okay, you go out there, you help some kid. Why do I do it? Because people did it for me, you know? I go out there, I run a free football camp, kids come to it, get exposed to it, maybe they love the game, who knows? Maybe I coached a kid in the last football camp who's gonna be the next Cambridge South Dorchester, you know, football coach, and my nieces and nephews, and you know, he's gonna be this huge impact in the community somewhere. Uh, so you know, just extending our reach and building the branches of our tree, and making uh, making sure that we, you know, we take care of each other is so important for the whole area. And you know, long past I'm I'm long when I'm gone, I want my impact to to still kind of carry on. And so um, you know, it's kind of it's that's what it's about. You know, giving back.
0: I was I was going to say, you know, interestingly, you talk about that in legacy. You know, you come from a Cambridge program where. Doug Fleetwood made a name for himself, highly successful. You take over at, down the line. You continue that tradition after a couple of years of alerting learning experience, as you talk about. You come to Stephen Decatur, where Bob Knox, for a long time, had a very successful program. You got the field named after him, the stadium named after the superintendent. But in terms of what you want to leave behind at Stephen Decatur, what specifically would you like to be known for as Stephen Decatur when all is said and done?
3: Uh, you know, I, you know, I just want to be a guy who left an impact, and that's it, you know. I want to be a person who treated people fairly, you know, regardless of what they look like, regardless if they were rich, poor, middle class, blue collar, whatever, and, you know, that's it, you know. I want to be somebody that made the conference better, where the area I was better in, and and that's it. And then I can sit here and enjoy these days on the beach and stuff and not have any – you know uh, demons in my closet and uh, and go ahead and you know just give back and it all comes back to what we talked about you know three segments ago you know where I've come from and everything so you know that's what I hope to do I'm never going to try to be Doug Fleetwood I don't try to talk like him I don't try to walk like him I don't try to talk like Coach Knox I don't try to walk I I I try to be Jake Coleman and if I was going to be any coach I'd try to be you know, after the, the image of my grandfather, who was a longtime coach in the community, he's the person. I admire those those guys, but he's the person that I have that, that connection and that, that love with more so than anything. So I always think about, you know, what, what he would do in certain situations uh, when dealing with community members, you know, or dealing with kids and whatnot. So, uh, you know, just trying to leave a, a legacy that, you know. And if you go to Cambridge, uh, you know, Mike and Mark, It won't take you long to find a Coleman, and it will take you even less time to find a Coleman who's coached kids. So, you know, again, it's just part of the family legacy.
0: Well, for me learning and Mark learning, talk about your grandfather then because obviously coaching lineage comes from him. Um, So talk about what he did for those that don't know, and I'm learning myself.
3: Believe it or not, Leonard Coleman graduated from Easton High School. He was a pumpkin head.
0: Is and that right? Yes, he
3: was. <laughs> yes, he was. I it's
1: knew a, there was some orange <laughs> down there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a
3: it's a little known fact that he was a wow. pumpkinhead. No kidding. And yeah, some okay. of my some of my best <laughs> friends, uh two of the guys that were in my wedding were actually pumpkin heads in high school too, <laughs> but um, you know, he he was very big into his sport was baseball, and he was you know, he's in the softball hall of fame and whatnot, but um. I, w- growing up, I only kind of identified all my self-worth into being a baseball player. And I was pretty good when I was, you know, coming up. And, you uh, know, I, I, I wanted to make him very proud and everything. He, he got cancer um, when I was 12 years old, uh, brain cancer out of nowhere. And uh, he, was, he was a lot like a he, – he, he, was, he was like another dad. You know, I had a great dad. Um, he was like another dad, and I sat there at his uh, viewing, uh, crying like a, a little boy would, who, whose heart was broke. And I watched this line of people come in, and you know he he got cremated, so all there was was pictures, and he had a bunch of scrapbooks, uh, and you guys won't believe this, he had about five scrapbooks. From the entire time that he coached, and every single team or local athlete, no matter if it was from Cambridge or not, he had articles in these big, huge binder scrapbooks. And people would come in. They lined up around the block at Thomas' Funeral Home. And I sat there as a little boy trying to deal with it all. And I just, you know, everybody was coming up to me just telling me how much of an impact that he made on them as a coach and and all the little things that he did that nobody knew and all this type of stuff and and just it was unbelievable and I sat there and I thought to myself well if I don't make it into pro baseball coaching probably wouldn't be that bad thing and if I ever coach I want to make sure that I did it like him and I and and really that was the inspiration and uh, you know Cambridge Little League uh, was. Um, they honored him. You know, if you go to the batting cages there at, at the Cambridge Little League, they uh, they put a big uh, rock there that has a plaque to him. Additionally, um, you know, in the last few months of his life, he fundraised to put lights at J. Edward Walter Park. And he took advantage of the fact that everybody knew that he had terminal cancer. And he'd go to people that <laughs> had money. Yeah, he did. I love it. He, 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 he said, look, yeah. you some." of some of a gun, yeah. <laughs> he said. Uh, I'm dying, and I want to see. Make sure that before I die at this stadium, and people would be like, "Well, Leonard, you know, uh, uh, why not put the, you know, put it for the light, uh, put the lights on the high school field at the baseball park?" He said, "Cause this field's for everybody. You sports, soccer, football." Everything can use this this lighted field, and I want it here. And this community, this community over by Willis Street and Park Lane, has been underserved. And you're, you, and I need your help. Are you going to help me or not? Wow. And they helped him, and he <laughs> raised a he raised a crazy amount of money to put them lights up, and stuff. And uh, it was this little stuff like that. And I was like, you know what, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And and I go back and I think about him, and, and I can still hear his voice, and. Uh, you know, that that's why that's why I coach, you know, and, and that's that's my only concern is uh, you know, trying to go ahead and and and, and make sure I, I make similar decisions and I treat people the same way and and I don't always do a good job of it. I you know, I can be a jerk. I can be an a hole, I can be a a lot of things and stuff, but I have good intentions. I, I can tell you that. And and when I do make a mistake I usually try to think about it and you know, usually my wife, she'll bring it to my attention and, and she'll tell me, you know, that I was wrong. And when she tells me, I try to listen uh, because she's right most of the time, if not every time. And, uh, you know, so, you know, that's that's what it is, man.
1: Coming full circle with Jake Coleman all yeah. the way back to your grandfather. And that that is so cool that you've shared that with us. <laughs> This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors. Handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite, GAF-certified, and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. Yeah, Mike, I, I think we're going to break this into two segments. All right. Uh, Sounds Or should good. we say two shows. Um Part one, part two, because this has been absolutely amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think what better place than to stop week one is right here. Um, for, for next week's podcast with uh, Coach Jake Coleman, uh, we're going to talk about Stephen Decatur and the challenges of taking over for the legend, Bob Knox, and what it is that uh, Jake had to deal with there. Uh, and we're going to delve into Jake and his life now. He's got kids, and let's find out about his family life and what it was like. His, his, he had a kid that was playing at Cambridge South Dorchester High School when they were making the move and, and things yep. like that. I think yeah, this has been a, an amazing opportunity to uh, talk with Coach Coleman out here on the Isle of Wright Bay, and the good thing is, is we're going to get another week of that. If only we could stay here the whole time. And, we got and, uh, plenty to talk uh, about. <laughs> yeah, we could, <laughs> we could make several shows. Huh? That's for sure. So, uh, yeah. again, hey, make sure you share this podcast. Uh, share the link out there. If you uh, picked it up via Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, what have you, share it so more people hear about it and know what we're doing. Uh, coming up real soon, we will, uh, matter of fact, next week on next week's podcast, we'll uh, give you the new website address where you'll be able to go check out our brand-new website. We'll have all that and more Uh, coming up anything you want to close with
0: i'm waiting for part two can't wait (laughs) looking forward to it oh and in part two
1: we'll talk about the new head coach at cambridge south dorchester we have that too that's right nobody knows about that right i bet jake does (laughs) we'll talk more about that coming up right here on time out with shore sports thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next tuesday
0: You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on
4: shoresportsmd.com.